Good morning, beautiful people. This is Saba Baptiste. Today, this is Fire and Ice podcast. And our topic today will be about the fundamental understanding of credit cards and how they relate to your business experience. And we will touch on a little bit of the um, personal side, but really we want to focus on the financial literacy intelligence of the credit card and how you can use it in your business. I would like to um, introduce Mr. Drew Ware, and he's going to give us a little background uh, about his experience with financial literacy and how it relates to credit cards. Well, good morning. Good how are you doing, Saba? I'm well, thank you. And you? You know what? I'm just glad to be here. Great. I think this is an interesting subject matter, which perhaps we really need to get behind the scenes and talk a little bit about that whole business acumen of understanding one's credit. Most importantly, which credit cards gives or yield the best value? Because at the end of the day, it's all about, I want everyone to remember this, it's all about the ROI, return on investment. So I'm just eager to, to chime in. I'll let you lead this thing. And hey, let's go to work. Let's, let's get involved. Yes. So I'm going to ask some basic questions because we want to get some understanding about credit cards. Because credit cards are still a mystery in terms of um, when we, we hear advertisement talking about, oh, how much credit cards do you have? How many? How much you owe on it? and how it impacts your credit score. And basically, if you're a business owner, how does credit cards help you to leverage your um, full capacity in terms of what can you do to increase your business and how you can become um, profitable by using credit cards and accumulating resources to leverage what you need to bring into your business to make it more fluent. So... I'm going to start with my first question is, can you give us like a fundamental of what is a credit card? You know, absolutely. So a credit card function, it allows you over time based upon your credit limit to do charges. But here's a slippery slope of that. You got to make certain that you stay within the guidelines of what you owe, Mm -hmm. because typically there is this thing that's called paying the minimum, but here's the thing that we're going to get into, we're mm-hmm. going to dive into. Mm-hmm. There's a universal law that says, it's called universal default mm-hmm. law, mm-hmm. that says if you miss your minimum payment one time on any credit card, the cardholders can actually increase your interest rate. Ha, did wow. you even know that? That's some really good information because um, it makes us understand how critical it is to pay on time or pay before time because usually the deadline date for paying is meaning that if you miss that that date you're late it's not that you get any more grace period you are actually late so we need to pay attention to that deadline date and like if they say your cycle is December the 28th to pay on a particular credit card you want to do it before that date or on that date not a minute later Well, it's interesting that you bring that up. I have a formula that I actually own. 
So I'm in the 800 club. So what that means is FICA score is derived of many equations, okay? It's utilization, Mm -hmm. it's history, new credit, old credit. So the highest score you can get is an 850. I have my highest score is 807. Mm -hmm. Now, truth be told, there's only 2% that's in the United States that have in that 800 club. So I feel kind of honored to be in that. Right. So congratulations to you. Um, And I just like to walk back one step and just explain about credit cards too. Credit cards is basically spending money you don't have, but you're building a relationship of trust by paying what you do spend on the credit card. So just keep in mind that that's money that you don't have. That's exactly correct. So how... The economics work. So in this universe of credit, so back in perhaps the 80s, cash was king, no longer. Now you actually need to have credit. So if you go and rent a car, you used to could just put cash down. Mm-hmm. Now you actually have to have not a debit card, but you got to have a credit card. So things have changed. So one of the things, the reason why I'm here this morning is I want to find out what's in your wallet Mm -hmm. because some of the credit cards that you have in your wallet may not be yielding the best benefits. Mm -hmm. So let's, okay, let's let's, um, talk about where can we get a credit card from? Let's, and, and, and who should get, who should we get good credit cards from? Meaning when I say good credit cards, I'm really talking about the interest rates and all the other benefits that come along with that? That's a good question, Saba. Thank you for that. So let's talk about that that whole component of the ROI. Again, recapitulating, ROI is what? A return on investments. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So that being said, you have quite a few entities, but you first got to figure out the difference between a credit union and a bank. Let me break it down. So a credit union is actually form, formulated for members, members only. It, oftentimes it's based upon zip codes or sometimes it's the affiliation. When you think about Suncoast Credit Union, you once upon a time had to be a part of the school in order to be able to get one of their cards or mm-hmm. get an account mm-hmm. to be one of the members. Mm-hmm. So credit unions is designed and operated in a nonprofit way. Mm -hmm. Banks have investors, so banks have to make profits. Mm -hmm. So they have fees and other things in order because they got to make, they have these quarters, right? In each quarter, they got to make a profit. Mm -hmm. So the biggest thing that I want all of the listeners that's out there to understand the differences is your credit union is a nonprofit and your bank is for profit. So therefore, 99% of the time, your credit unions will have a lower interest rate than your banks will. So if you're looking for a, a car, even right now, competitive, competitively, even a, a mortgage right now, you would get a better interest rate at the credit union. Let me explain and recapitulate why. Yes. The reasons are your credit union is a nonprofit. So what they do, they operate for all of their members. And if they make a profit, they share those through discounts, meaning okay. lower interest rates. Mm-hmm. They give a higher, 
Here's what I want you all to do. I want you to Google and research this. Credit unions actually give a, a higher yield on savings than all of the banks. That's phenomenal. So what they're telling you is you can actually put more money into your savings because truth of the matter is if you look at your, your statement that you get, whether it's quarterly or annually mm -hmm. from the banks, right. here's what we don't know. If we look even closer, Sabo, we're finding out that you're only at 0.001% or 0.003%. Mm -hmm. So you're getting a return of 3%. Let's talk about the interest rates of some of these cards that's out here that you can get. Now, you can do either a line of credit, but most importantly, I want to talk a little bit about a credit card. You're going to get a credit card from your credit union? Yes, go ahead. Right. I, I want to um, interject for a moment because sure. I want to make sure that um, the audience is understanding that this this type of information can be used across any platform depending on what you desire, whether you are a business owner, but it's really targeted for business owners and you can use the same strategy for your personal uh, because the rules only slightly change how you manage it and what you want from it. So I'm going to go into um, uh, I'm going to go into the question: What should you use credit cards to do? And I'm thinking that um, Mr. Ware is going to talk about the professional side and the personal side that you can leverage your credit cards. That's exactly right, mm -hmm. Sabo. Thank you for that. So. The reason why I'm here this morning is this is I'm right now. I want to talk to every business owner that's out there. And I want you to sort of look and see what credit cards you actually have in your wallet and how those credit cards are going to leverage mm -hmm. and actually help you. That would be an advantage instead of a disadvantage. Right. Mm -hmm. So so say. So the biggest thing that we can get out of this is we got to realize that we have options and not understanding those options. You see this commercial capital one and capital one's thing is what's in your wallet. Yes. I'd like to share some of credit cards that perhaps I'm not going to say you shouldn't have them in your wallet because based upon your credit score, that might perhaps be the only credit card that you can get at the time. Mm -hmm. But I want you to know that you have options. And if you want to build your credit, Sabo, you really want to start with the credit unions. That's some good information because um, overwhelmingly on television, you see banking commercials. Yes. You see tremendous amount of um, banking commercials. But then there is the um, nonprofit credit unions out there, yes. and they have some pretty good deals. And, and you they just have, have to walk in the door and ask the question about what they offer to their customers. And you may be very surprised about the benefits. Yeah, Sarah, but most importantly, here's what I want everyone that's listening to understand. If you're going to have capital... If you're going to have currency and you're going to put those currency within an institution, should you not want a better ROI, yes. return on investment? Yes. So if you have, let's say, $10,000 and you're 
And now you de- you want to decide where should I put the that ten thousand dollars? Okay. So what I know for a fact how I've been able to build my credit up, mm-hmm. and let me be cr- crystal clear, I wasn't always at within the eight hundred club. Mm-hmm. I started out at a five ninety five. And what I realized is at a 595, I had to change some things. So when you change the way you see things, the things you see will change. So I decided to do some research. And what I did is I applied for four credit cards. And I found that getting a secured credit card would report to Aquifax, TransUnion, and Experian. If you had an unsecured credit card, the only times that perhaps would be reported is if you were late. Mm-hmm. That's key because I wanted to build my credit up to a point where I could actually qualify for better interest rates. So what I did is I opened up four secured credit cards. I started at $500 and $1,000. And you do those secured credit cards typically for four to six months. I was able to to do it for three and a half months, went back to my entities, my credit unions, and said, hey, can you see if I'm in good standings? They looked at it and said, wow, you actually qualify for unsecured. So the money that I put down, Seba, at the beginning, the mm-hmm. 500 mm-hmm. I got all that money back, mm-hmm. and I got a unsecured credit card with a higher limit. And what that did is it, it increased my FICA scores, my scores went up over 150 points. So what I want to um, make sure that the audience understand, because um, most of the time it's not told to them in a way that it's um, it's just mainstream information. Explain what is a secured versus an unsecured credit card and which one are you most likely to be offered And how do you manage that to get the optimum um, benefits from the credit cards? Good question. You're brilliant, you know. I like that. So a secured credit card is you're putting down the amount, whether it's $500 or $1,000. And by it being secured, it makes you less of a risk, right? So therefore, those institutions... And all institutions really don't have a secured credit card in place. Most banks don't even have that. You actually have to go through your credit unions. Remember, it is called a credit union. That's where you're really supposed to be building your credit. So once you do what is called a secured credit line, what they do is they monitor it and they see, based upon X amount of weeks and months, how you've been able to to manage that. Mm -hmm. And as long as you pay it off, and let me tell you right now, the biggest thing that you you must understand is there are cycles. Okay, there's a 30-day, 60-day, and 90-day. I want everyone that's listening to get on a 20-day cycle. If you pay all of what you, you owe outstanding within 20 days, I guarantee you your FICA scores will increase. Mm. So what you're um, letting us know that um, we need to create another cycle day, which is going to be manufactured 
um, individually to go on a 20-day to pay off or to pay on that credit card so that it won't experience compound interest. Or with any the total interest amount, at all. Or any interest at all. That's that is correct. good information. That's good information. Mo- most importantly, the, the other thing that I want everyone that's listening to understand is we've been doing it all wrong. Mm-hmm. A lot of us are using our checking account because we have a debit card, right? Mm-hmm. And we're buying our groceries with it. Mm-hmm. That's a no-no. You, you never do that. When you're getting gas, you don't use your debit and you certainly don't pay cash. That, that is also a no-no. We're living in a time where the only way you're going to get ahead is it's, it's going to have to be through transactions. 30% of your score is derived from utilization. So what I'm telling everyone out there is if you're going to get gas, charge it. Even if you're going to get a beverage or a stick of gum or coffee or a breakfast sandwich, you charge it. And my rule of thumb is within four to five days, what I do say is I go ahead and pay it completely off. Now we got activity that's going on because remember, 30% of your score will be derived from utilization. And in order for you to, to get on the upside of this, you're going to have to do way more charges. And one of the reasons why a lot of the listeners out there that have a FICO score that's stagnant and it's not moving is you don't have enough activity. What that means is you really don't have enough credit cards. So but when we get into how many credit cards we actually should have and how many is too many, I recommend starting out, you should have three to four credit cards. And so um, that would be the next question. Yes. So I, I will definitely ask how many credit cards should a business owner have versus a personal um, person that don't have a business and just like to charge things. Yeah. So if you have your own business, remember, at the end of the day, when you go to sunbiz.org, you, you register in your business for profit. What's happening in three to, three to five years, because you didn't pay attention to your margins, you didn't pay attention to the ROI. Mm-hmm. What's ROI? Mm-hmm. Return on investment. Because of that, mm-hmm. that business that started out for profit, mm-hmm. within three to four years, it turns into a nonprofit. Because repeat you didn't, that. I need you to repeat that. Yes. Yeah, so... If you don't pay attention to your margins, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. when you're setting up your business, mm-hmm. you constantly, every single month, got to look at your ROI. Mm-hmm. Your ROI is what? Return on investment. So when you look at your margins and you have a supplier that has increased what you're having to pay, if you don't increase, you're going to have less what? You're going to have less investments or less profit. Less margins, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So what will hap- what end up happening is a lot of us that have our own business will start charging using our charge cards, not looking at the, the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. And here's what I want to make sure that I get out there to all of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Most credit card holders have what is called an introductory interest rate. Mm -hmm. That introductory interest rate is a teaser. It's not going to stay that way. An introductory interest rate, which is the APR, typically starts from, they typically will do a 12-month, 
15 or 18 months. After the 18 months, guess what? You may have overcharged. So now after those 18 months, it's going to, it, it will adjust based upon how well you've been doing, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say that you're behind. So the banks are counting on, because they have investors, the banks are counting on that you're going to be behind. Once you get behind, now you have all those other fees and everything else comes into place. So I don't want you listeners to get tra- trapped because it's a trick to look at the introductory. So in my wallet, what's in your wallet is what we're talking about. Right. In my wallet, I actually have a, a credit card at 3.99%, which is... Ridiculous. Yeah, that is pretty much unheard of. That is absolutely correct yes. because the norm yes. is between 16 and 20. percent That is yes. absolutely correct. And that's the norm, but they have some higher, especially after that first year. Now, Capital One can go as high as 32.99%. Wow. What's in your wallet, right? Yes. So most importantly, let me let me share, Sabah, go ahead. I want to ask you a question. Sure. Um, if you had to give us three areas of monitoring, what should we know before we decide on selecting a credit card? Because um, Capital One, with that high interest rate, I don't think most people um, focus on the interest rate. And that's what kind of becomes the entrapment of getting behind and never catching up because the compound interest and so on and so forth. So can you just give us three things to look at when selecting credit cards? Because that's going to be key to our um, wealth health. Excellent question. So Google changed the entire game. You can actually go to Google and you can just type in which banks have the highest interest rates, which banks has the, the best yield. And to date, in 2023, the award winners are as follows. J.P. Morgan Chase. J.P. Morgan Chase has the absolute best pound-for-pound value. Um, actually, my son told me that. Really? Yes. He says that's where you need to be if you're going to get a credit card with J.P. Morgan. And here's the reason why you want to do J.P. Morgan Chase. J.P. Morgan Chase, out of the three tiers of the of the giants that's in the industry, you have J.P. Morgan Chase, you have Bank of America, and you have Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo and Bank of America have the highest interest rates along with Capital One. When we're talking about what's in your wallet. So what you want to do is you want to actually do five five things, but three things you really want to do right away. Mm -hmm. Sabah, what you want to do is you want to go and do your research and find out, first of all, what are the interest rates? Secondly, you want to look at the introductory, how long they're going to give you that little teaser that might perhaps be a lot lower than what you're going to end up. And then thirdly, here's what you got to do. You ready for this? Yes. You, for 30 days, 30 days, you got to monitor and find out what your habits are. You got to find out where you're spending your money because it's all about the ROI. Can you please tell the ones that are perhaps now just coming in what ROI is all about? 
audience, ROI is about return on investment. That's right. If you're not getting a return on, on your investment, then shame on you. Because at the end of the day, the ones that are millionaires that become billionaires, they pay attention to those things. And the fourth thing that what you want to do is you want to sort of compare what you have because some of us don't have the luxury of being able to pay off our our debt. So here's what I did. I went through a situation. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to call it a, a divorce. I'll just simply say this. We felt that it was best that not being married, we're best of friends. So mm-hmm. it kind of worked out. B- between my me and my ex-wife, we had quite a bit of debt. She liked to spend. I refused to pay for that after we decided to, to go our separate ways. That's how I ended up at 595. Mm-hmm. So what I decided to do is, guys, listen to this. I didn't mind, I didn't mind waiting seven years to let all of that bad debt just do what it, it was going to do because mm-hmm. I really, I didn't have the bandwidth to pay all of it off, Sabo. Mm-hmm. So what I decided to do is I just let it just roll. So what I did is I created new accounts. I did secured credit cards. Mm -hmm. Within those secured credit cards for a year and a year and a half, it began to give new reporting, right? Mm -hmm. 30% of your your score is derived from utilization. Mm -hmm. Once I started getting these new accounts coming in that was current, Mm -hmm. guess what happened? Mm -hmm. The computer that dictates all of our scores within how many cycles? 21 21. days, Mm -hmm. 21 days, Mm -hmm. started seeing this activity that was going on with me. And I started getting these inquiries. I started getting things in the mail of quite a few entities that were trying to give me credit cards. Now, if you're a personal individual and you want to wanting to just build your credit, here's what you do. Mm -hmm. Okay. First of all, you got to find out what your habits are. Go ahead. I want to, um, this is such a valuable um, event here, and I want to make sure that we understand that we understand um, what we're doing here because we hear a lot of um, quick fix to credits, and we hear a lot of um, what you should and should not do. Sure, but we don't really have a lot of examples of its working. So, with this information. Um, I just want to let the audience know this is for educational purposes. Um, as uh, Mr. Ware have explained, do your own research. And, um, and one of the good things is monitor your own habits and, and inquire and always ask as many questions as possible. Please go on. You're exactly correct. So one of the reasons why I really wanted to have this conversation is you have these individuals that have these businesses and you may perhaps be good at what it, what it is that you do, but if you're not good in financing, what's going to happen within the next three to five years is that initial, when you set it up and design for it to be for profit, it's going to turn into a nonprofit because you got to pay attention to numbers. Numbers just do not lie. So what I decided to do is within my phone, which is kind of cool, I have a total of eight credit cards. In my phone, I schedule each of those accounts 
when I'm going to pay what. I have one card that I do all my gas. Whenever I purchase gas, I use that card. Okay. And in my phone, I set it up within four to five days to pay it completely off. You can set this up with your phone. I also have one whenever I'm buying groceries or all of those, I use this card. Okay. And it's set up within the next four to five days because here is what I want to make sure that everyone that's out there in the universe hears. They recommend that your utilization should be at 30%. That's not going to maximize your score. You need to be at less than 10%. I'm currently at 8%. I fluctuate from 1 to 8. 8% will maximize your FICA score. Remember, I'm going to recapitulate. I went from a 595 to in the sevens, okay? So what that means is increments of 150 to almost 200 points, I increased my score. How I was able to do that is the biggest thing is before the, the next cycle, which is the next month, everything that I owed, I paid it off. Let me say that again. Within a 20-day cycle, I made sure that I paid everything off before the next month. Wow. Okay. What a 20-day cycle. Mm -hmm. Because remember, the banks, within they're on a 21 cycle, and they do a 30, 60, and 90-day is how you get rated based upon your FICA scores. Okay? So FICA score is derived from three, three of the big dogs. That's Aquifax, TransUnion and Experian. Mm -hmm. I'm able to look at all three and figure out what I need to do to improve my scores. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, so you're saying that one of the things that help people to increase their credit scores is first thing, um, I guess number one is research. Um, I didn't quite get what was number two. So can you elaborate? Because I have one through four. I have, yeah. um, so, so the second thing is you got to find out what options is out there. And the biggest thing that we talked about at the beginning of the show is the difference between a credit union and a bank. Right. Credit unions, if you're building your credit, you should not even be banking. Unless you're making millions and millions of dollars, that's when you get a, what is called a banker. You should have all of your your funds with the credit union because you're wanting to establish your credit, right? You want to build your credit. So you really should be with your credit unions. Now, I will recommend this, and they're not paying me. Mm -hmm. here, the, here, here are a few that I want to make sure before we run out of time. And I'm thinking perhaps you really want to do... Mid-Florida. Mid-Florida mm -hmm. is new here, okay? Mid-Florida has as low as, you all ready for this? 8.5% for their credit cards. For the intro. For the interest rates, mm -hmm. okay? For the introductory or no, across the board? No, actually, actually, even after the intro, it's still at 9.5%. 9 mm -hmm. That's still substantially lower, lower than your Capital One, yes. your Fifth Thirds. yes your Bank of America's and your Wells Fargo's, which are between 16 and 30% interest rate. Right. And so mid-Florida, 
it doesn't matter, and that's a credit union. That is a credit union. Yes. That's, okay. It's it's called a community credit union. Let okay. me explain what, what the difference. Mm-hmm. A community credit union says that they're going to be in a commercial zoning, but it's for the entire community, I- any zip code. Mm-hmm. All right. Let me okay. let me expound because mm-hmm. a lot of credit union is based upon your zip code or the affiliation. Suncoast schools used to have it. If you weren't part of a school, mm-hmm. you could not get you could not become a member. Okay. So um, so what I hear you saying to the audience um, and all of us who who are listening that. If you want to build your credit, the best place to build it is with a credit union. Exactly. You're spot on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And make sure that you get coaching. And you can always go and and, and ask questions because, remember, you don't know what you don't know. So I would ask many, many questions, and I would say, how how do you even derive at a a, a 850? so when you have a FICA score, what are the components? And then they kind of broke it down. That whole analogy, certain percentage points up to 100. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing is utilization. Mm-hmm. So anyone that have a, a, a FICA score that's out there that's listening and your score is not moving at all, more than likely you don't have enough credit. You need to open up some other lines of credit and get you some credit cards and create what is called some activity. Okay, so utilization, we understand that is necessary. And you also said that we need to have um, X amount of credit cards, a minimum of, and the most is, what is the minimum amount of credit cards? And what is that's the really, That's really a good, good question, Sabo. So I would say you need to have a minimum of three. Okay. And no more than five. And no more than five. And that's and that's for the business owner. So mm-hmm. let me let me make sure that I'm crystal clear. If you're an individual, you shouldn't have no more than three. Okay. So the minimum for individuals should be three. That and is if, absolutely correct. And if you are a business owner, no five. more than five. Right. Because here is here's the benefits. Every single LLC, and I also recommend if you're out there and you have your own business. Get you some other LLCs and make sure that those credit cards are in those LLCs because what it does is it protects you. Now, based upon the volume that you do with your LLCs, it's not based upon what you make salary. Let's say that you only make a $80,000 salary, but let's say your business is doing $1.5 million. Mm -hmm. Guess how much credit you get? You get the credit of one point five million. You are so smart because it's under the LLC versus the. You are so smart. Ding 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 ding. Brilliance, brilliance. Right. So you actually get the credit of the LLC, what it's doing versus mm-hmm. individually. Because if you have an individual credit card, mm-hmm. it's going to be in alignment with what you actually make okay. salary. Okay. But if you get it in the LLC's name. That will be in alignment with what that yields annually. Okay, okay. That's very good. So audience, pay attention because we all have had this, all these questions about credit cards and how would 
credit cards help us with our business or our personal life. So let's pay attention. And also the nuggets that we're getting on how to increase our credit score. And we, you know, we all need more information because in, in the public sector, there's no real in-depth um, breakdown. There is no uh, constructive analysis of how we build our credit. They just say, hey, come to this agency or do this and pay this bill, but we don't know how it impacts increasing our score. So today we have this brilliant Mr. Ware here that's um, helping us understand this process, and so we need to put it into action. Do our re- own research, but um, put it into action. So please continue. So for the ones that are just now coming in to the broadcast, I just want to recapitulate and share this. The difference between a credit union and a bank is the credit union is a nonprofit. The bank is for profit. Remember the banks do everything based upon their investors, not you. So if you have $10,000 with that bank, why don't you look to see what dividends that you, you made at the end of the year? It's between 0, 0, 0, 001, 0, 0, 0, 003. You're making three cents, but then they're going to turn around and they're going to charge you 16 to 29%. This is really about the ROI. Please tell everybody out there what we're talking about. We're talking about the return on investment at the banking for profit versus how we can build our credit by using credit unions. So a lot of us that are black and brown that's out here that have our own businesses, we were, we, it's somewhat like a conundrum. We had these ideas of, I want to bank with, with black banks, right? Not so fast. The truth of the matter is, Interesting topic, black banks. Yes. You know, that is not a mainstream word, um, black banks, because I don't know where to find. Or black owned. Black Black owned owned bank. Okay, I don't know where to find a black owned bank, you know, so that's. That's another topic that's very interesting, so right. please we'll, elaborate. Yeah, we'll, we'll certainly, because of lack of time, I'll certainly have to come back and we'll have to expound on that. But here's what I want every single listener to get. It's not so much as I get, I get the, the essence of we got to make sure that we're doing business with our own in order for all of us to grow and to not be extinct, right? Correct. I get that. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, in order for us to have more to be able to give, it's not about black or white. It's about which entity that's going to yield the highest ROI. Of course. I agree with that. I agree. So nevertheless, at this time, your Suncoast, Mm -hmm. your Tampa Bay, we got quite a few that's out there. You got veterans, you got... I'm certain you can name some other credit union that's out there. Well, I used to one in um, in Washington D.C. because you know it's it's um it's a Navy credit union. Um, you got USAA credit union. So let me tell you the reason why you really want to bank with the credit unions. Mm-hmm. Did you not know that you actually are in charge because you're a member? You're in charge of the rules. Yes. The regulations. 
and how they disperse all of the profits. Right. You don't have those options with the banks. Right. Remember, the banks go to all of their investors and the board members and all their stakeholders. Right. And the stakeholders decide. That's why they give out those quarterly reports. And the stakeholders, not the customers. Say it again. The stakeholders are not the customers. But you have all these these dollars. So I would say, here's what I want everyone out there to do. I want you to sit down and reevaluate exactly where you are because time is really not on our side. Mm -hmm. But you can actually change your entire trajectory if you just sit down, compare, let the institution fight and earn your business Mm -hmm. instead of you just doing it because maybe perhaps your parents or your uncle or your aunt took you to this institution, opened up the account for you, and you've been there for many, many years. So may I ask you to walk backwards a little bit because um, you threw out three um, banking institutions and your first one, in order to, you know, to get the best rate for credit cards, you put J.P. Morgan out there. Correct. You put Bank of America and Wells Fargo. So give us a little bit more background because these are banks. So um, they're not credit unions. Correct. So help us understand based on your discourse and actually letting us know what credit unions have to offer us. Now tell us why these three banking systems are different. Right. So even though from the premise, all banks are, are designed to, mm-hmm. to make a profit mm-hmm. for their stakeholders, mm-hmm. you got to look at three components, mm-hmm. convenience, mm-hmm. technology, and how fast you can get your capital. Based upon those three things and return on investment, <laughs> those things taking in, in in the context for which we're talking about today, Chase, J.P. Morgan Chase has overperformed more so than Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Capital One, and all the other banking institutions out there. They also have, which I have, and my wallet, which I'm going to pull out now, so you can see as receipt, that is what, what is that called? It's called a Freedom Unlimited Visa card. So my Freedom Unlimited Visa card gives me, this freedom gives me, I could actually go out today and buy a car or a home with this, and I get 3% cash back. Most most so if you have a Bank of America and some of the other cards, they're only going to give you one percent, mm-hmm. but then they have all these other fees right. that's attached. Okay, and this card here that I just showed you, it's a business credit card and it has zero. I, I don't even pay an annual fee to have it. And that's is that continuous or yes, that is correct. Wow, yes. That is Freedom correct. Unlimited. Freedom Unlimited is is pound for pound. Okay. One of the, the the best credit cards. They have different tiers. You know, oh, they wow. they have Sapphire, Platinum, and then they have another one. 
that and that's when you're making millions and millions of dollars you can use that right but if you're just now starting out and you have your own business mm -hmm. and you're really wanting that business to make you money right you want to have what you want to have freedom unlimited visa card with chase with chase yes chase, chase. is pound for pound the, okay. at, the the best now the second one that came came in that that did honors is the american express credit card mm -hmm. So elaborate on that. American Express came in, in this line here. All three of these banks would carry American Express, right? So when we're looking at the best value, mm -hmm. okay, when we're using a card, mm -hmm. meaning when we're charging a card, right. we want to be able to get monies back, right? Mm -hmm. We also want to get benefits. Mm -hmm. So Ameri American Express has the highest yield if you're traveling and if you're dining, they have the highest yield in returns. Yes, I agree with that. So I'm going to go in my wallet. Oh, excuse me. Yes, <laughs> what's, um, what's in your wallet? <laughs> so what's reason, in your wallet? And, and this is a good um, opportunity because um, you don't always know what is, if you're making good decisions or not, you know, so. Ooh. Flex. Okay, now, so, look here. This is what we're rolling. Got a name and all of that. Doctor, all right now. Um, so mm. I, I, I. It done, is heavy, too. Maybe I need to put this in my wallet. Yeah, put it in your wallet. <laughs> mm, I'm liking this. No wonder it's your show. I, you know, I got, I got. No, um, I got a ways to go before I can get that. No, um, and that's come from a lot of research, and it actually. What I like about American Express is that you can build a history because this came from Europe to here with me. So it was a opportunity that um, I, I picked up. I dropped it for a while and then I picked it back up when I started my business because you have to have a credit card that's aligned with your business. And or that's why. perhaps the... the Instead of saying credit card, mm -hmm. you have to have the best tools. Right. In order to refine the nuances of your brand. I agree. Because at the end of the day, it's all about the ROI. Yes. I keep telling everyone, mm -hmm. if you're going to have a checking or savings, you need to be going to those entities and saying, based upon the, the, the monies I'm putting into your institution, what can you do for me? Mm -hmm. We're not having those conversations. I agree with that. I, I think because we're still immature in financial literacy, right? Because Correct. we haven't, I think we haven't figured out how it impacts us overall and how it brings in um, opportunities and resources. And like you said, we don't know how to use it as a tool of benefit, right. a tool that benefits our um, ability to create wealth or to do business. Right. So most importantly, and I don't know how much time we have, but I, I want to make sure that all of the listeners hear this. I want you to come in a lot, come in close, come in real close. And I want you to hear this. Okay. No matter where you are right now mm -hmm. with your credit standings, guess what? A setback is a setup for a major comeback. Mm -hmm. I started out at a 595. Mm hmm and when I discovered <laughs> my stuff was so bad is I had gone to Dillard's 
and I applied for a dealer's card. Mm-hmm. Dillas turned me down. <laughs> what? I was like, run it again. And the young lady said, I'm sorry, sir. You're going to have to call this 800 number. <laughs> when, when they're telling you got to call an 800 number, that's not good. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so all, all those things I thought I was going to get, it really benefited me because I was so embarrassed to finally say, wow. Because most of us don't even check to see what our credits are annually, and you can get that for free. So the, the truth of the That's matter true. is, and I was one of those that, that had not really looked to see how bad my credit was until I went into dealers. I had all these things. I ended up leaving there with none of those things and rejected. But what it did is, go ahead. I wonder, I, I, that is a very interesting conversation because one of the things that I, I just recently come around to notice is that um, there was a friend of mine, she had not a whole lot of cash, but a little cash, and she just had it sitting there. And so this um, financial guy was saying, well, you know what? You should have that cash working for you and turning that cash into ROI, you know, so... It's interesting that you say that because right now, currently... The credit unions have CDs yielding mm-hmm. at 3 or 5%. All right, I'm going to say it again. Your credit unions right now have the highest CDs you can get in return, the ROI mm-hmm. in return, mm-hmm. 3 to 5%. Mm-hmm. Nobody can touch that right now because mm-hmm. the interest rates are so high. Mm-hmm. CDs right now is, is, is really a, a, a sweet spot. And right now, the credit unions right now, pound for pound, have the best value. And also with those CDs, you got to remember you have to lock in. They have a lock-in date. So That's correct. When you inquire about it, just be prepared that you can't touch your money for X amount of time. But that's that's okay because some of us have monies underneath our mattresses still mm-hmm. or perhaps have a safe or in our cars yeah. or I, I know one gentleman, he... He in the back of his yard. He sort of like dug a hole, and then he couldn't find it. He couldn't find it. He couldn't find it. He couldn't find it, and that happens to all of us. You get, trust me, you get old enough. It's a lot of things you're gonna forget. Trust me, I'm at that point. I'll walk out of Walmart and forget where I'm parked. So I get it. When he said he couldn't find his money, I'm like, I understand. But that don't have anything to be with, do with age. That has to do with you just bad with directions. Okay. All right. Okay. I hear you. I hear you. But most importantly, I just want everyone that's listening is to be better money managers and to realize that in order to to win the game, you got to first find out what the rules are. I'm winning. You know, I'm I'm not bragging that I'm in the 800 club. I, I just want to convey to you that I started at a 595. So if I started at a 595, anything's possible for any of our listeners out there. I would, I would agree. I, and, you know, I heard some conversations that they even moved it up. Is it? Is, is it? It was, it was an 800 for a long time. Okay. And then they moved it to 850. Okay. I thought, I thought that's what I heard. Wow. That's correct. You know, I, I mean, I, I'd never been in 800, so it don't really matter. <laughs> well, well, you got a goal, American Express, so 
must be doing something right. <laughs> well, you know. So, What's um, in your wife? <laughs> so um, that's a good one. <laughs> right. So uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to be on the best side of finances. You know, I'm, I'm learning. I, I learned tremendous amount of information this morning from you. So thank you. And I, I hope the audience also understand how important this information is going forward. And and with our money plan, right, our short-term and long-term um, strategic money plan, we have to factor in credit cards. We have to factor in credit scores. We have to do a lot of things to say that we're um, establishing our strong foundation to move forward in our professional business or our personal life. And so with all the nuggets that you've dropped for us this morning, if we collectively pull all of that together, we can have a significant plan of how we um, think about money, how we rethink about money. Because one of the things that I know, um, one of the biggest frustrations is how they teach financial literacy in schools. Um, you can go through a, an entire course and not come out of it understanding how money works. And I, I, I think we need to have more places in the community that teaches the real lifestyle and life habits of financial literacy. And so if we had a class that was built around money and credit cards, credit scores like you just did, I think we'll have our young students coming out of school more prepared to spend their money and to invest their money and understand what return on investment That's means. That's right, that ROI, right? Right. So um, thank you. I appreciate um, what you have done this morning because I'm hoping that anyone that listens to this understand that there are a, a roadmap to follow. It is a, it's, a, it's a blueprint. You know, there's a blueprint for being successful and there's a blueprint for you know, failing. And I just want to make sure that everyone understand you don't have to continue to be a consumer. Mm -hmm. You can become a producer. Right. And, and that's a, a, a great segue into, um, the mindset is what we have to change. Right. Absolutely. And when we talk about credit cards, credit scores, um, banking versus credit union, we have to do a constructive analysis on what is the actual components and and how do we use that to our advantage? Because now the banks, they win because, you know, mainstream credit cards are not that mainstream. You know, you have to actually go looking for credit unions and you also have to know the difference between Credit unions and banking, correct, and what they both offer. So um, I think this is a valuable lesson. And the credit scores, the credit scores are very important. How you increase your credit scores is something that I think a lot of us haven't thought of when we use a credit card. When we use that credit card, we never connect it to, hey, I can use this to increase my credit scores right and seeing it as a tool right sure. and so we we have to become very astute in how we use our monies and how we use our tools that are associated with money that's the only way you're going to get a golden american express like you you got to be an astute <laughs> every all you listeners out there you got to be, become astute 
Ah, <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I think this has been a wonderful segment. I think later on, after a while, we'll invite you back to give us some updates on some, you know, some other tidbits. I think that this um, podcast will actually help people who ever listen to it. And I really appreciate you. And thank you for gracing us with your your presence and your knowledge, Mr. Ware. Look, my absolute pleasure. I'm so glad that I could come out and just break bread so all of us can what? Eat. Eat. <laughs> You know what, Mr. Ware, in case somebody wanted to reach you um, and uh, how do they do that and, and how many different um, segments of life you're involved in in the Tampa community. So help us understand how we can reach out to you. Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. So I have a company. I'm the CEO of a company that's called World Class Consulting. And our objective and our goal is to bring black and brown business owners together to not only just do business together with with each other, but most importantly, ready for this? Yes. To celebrate each other. We don't do enough of that. And we're up to over 300 in attendance. And it's kind of cool because I'm going to, if I'm going to do any blaming, I'm going to go ahead and blame God for this goodness because we have Raymond James, J.P. Morgan Chase. We have... Enterprise, rental car, soon to be sponsors, State Farm, soon to be become one of our sponsors. We already have the county and the city as sponsors. So initially we started doing this every every quarter, every three months. Here of late, it's been every other month. I also do something with the schools. I go into eight high schools and I teach not only financial literacy, but most importantly, I talk to the ones that are most misunderstood, those young men that look like me, that's in the schools. They have to have, in order to be in my classroom, they gotta be at a one up to a, a, a 2.0 GPA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If they have a one up to a 2.0 GPA, they can be in my classroom. And what it is, I teach them how to find their true greatness. And I give them permission, you ready for this? To brag and to love on themselves. Oftentimes, culturally, we don't have that permission because if you start being braggadocious, you start bragging, they might say, man, you acting kind of arrogant like you're all that. So I actually give them permission to do and be who they are. Or perhaps who they'd like to become. Okay, okay. Um, so that's beautiful, but you still haven't told us how to how reach to out. reach me? Mm-hmm. So currently I am in a phase that we're renovating my website. It will be done, mm-hmm. so I'm going to have to come back. Mm-hmm. I'm getting ready to go global. Mm-hmm. We're getting ready to go into 16 cities, mm-hmm. and we're going to provide a service which I will be inviting all CEOs in 16 cities and to, to come together and figure out how we're supposed to do business okay, together. Okay, so how do we reach you? By so, phone or email? Yeah, so right now you can actually email me. Mm-hmm. And you can email me at A-W-A-R-E 
9351 at gmail.com. I'm going to give it to you again. That's A-W-A-R-E, 9351 at gmail.com. That's great. Now, audience, community, we know how to reach Mr. Drew Ware. And um, please reach out because he has a lot of things to offer the um, community uh, within Hillsborough County and beyond. So please um, reach out to him. So with that being said, thank you, and I'll see you again next week.